This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Hey, uh, as you know, we're doing a summer speaking uh, special with our uh, elders and other people from our church who are sharing. Uh, we started off with Jeremy. Uh, and then Jeremy spoke again at uh, uh, church at the park. And then we had Ross. His whole family's sick right now. That's where they're at. Um, and then we had Christopher. And then we had uh, Dr. Everett last week. And uh, we've been really blessed, haven't we? And so uh, today uh, is going to be Eric. Eric uh, spoke uh, last year. did a phenomenal job. And we wanted to invite him again. But before I do that. Um, I do this somewhat regularly. Uh, we think the world of Eric, not only in our family, but I believe in our church. Eric is um, just vital uh, person in our in our church fellowship. He connects very well with people, and uh, I know that he and I are always talking and and praying. You know, for people that haven't been at church, or he's connecting with someone, trying to invite people, and he's just that kind of person. But I also know that he wasn't raised by wolves. And so uh, he didn't just happen. And so uh, Eric's parents are here. And, and it, as much as you think Eric is awesome, uh, you know his parents are awesome. So I'd like for us to give uh, his parents a nice, warm mosaic. A big, a big thank you. Uh, we are the benefactors of their hard work. And I haven't had a chance to talk to them, but I imagine you had to use the career a few times. Uh, the chancleta a veces. And so um, it's not easy raising kids, right, parents? Uh, there's that fine line of like, uh, when is, you know, when do you, you know, discipline or you don't discipline? You know, you, you struggle with that. You know, you don't want to crush your, your child's spirit, but at the same time, you don't want to raise, uh, you know, someone who's uh, rebellious and all those things. So it's, it's tough. And so when I see people that are, well-behaved, love the Lord. Uh, I know that there's some parents behind that that God has used, so thank you so much. Hey, let's uh, not take any more time. Uh, let's welcome Eric to the platform. Good morning. I'm just going to open us up with a word of prayer, and then... Um, We'll jump into it. So, Father, first and foremost, I just say thank you for this opportunity um, to be here, Lord. I say thank you for this church and what it's meant to me and my family, Father, um, to truly just, for the body of Christ to do what it does, Lord. We're just so grateful for it, Father God. Uh, right now, Lord, I, I, I feel like I'm not sharing anything new, Lord, but I pray for a fresh revelation um, to all of us, Father. You may begin with me, Lord. And I really just pray, Father, that if there's any, any seed or any little bit of, of self-righteousness or pride in my heart, Father God, that um, it may be nailed to the cross, Father God, and that I may be to glorify you, Lord Jesus, no matter um, how, how these next 20, 25 minutes go, Father. So I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this church. And we pray that above all else, that your name be glorified. Amen. Um, so I just want to say thank you, as, 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 uh, as Mario, Pastor Mario said, 
I'm not already kind of was going to say this, but, you know, I, I truly am a result of my parents. You know, from a very early age, they showed me what it was to, to love the church, um, to love, um, you know, not just a building, but to love people, to love God. And all those um, seeds that they planted in my heart at a very young age, they just, they brought me to where I am today. So, gracias, mami y papi, gracias. Uh, I want to thank the, the church body. Several of you have been praying for me, and I feel that whatever happens today is a culmination of what the Lord's been doing in my life and you guys that have been praying for me. And I say thank you so much. I've gotten encouraging text messages um, I've got reminders that it's not about me, it's about the Lord. Uh, my really good friend from Orlando, shout out to Josh Corlew, he sent me a text this morning as well, and I'm just, I'm so grateful for, for the body of Christ. Um, you, guys are, you guys are awesome, and I'm just so blessed by you. Okay, so, thank you, Maylise. I can't ever forget about her, she's been awesome. Small joke, so Mason, you gotta love Mason, um, it was 10.59, and people were maybe running a little bit late today, and he looks over and he goes, hmm, they must have heard Eric's, Eric was, was preaching today, so they didn't want to show up. Uh, so I appreciate Mason. He'll always keep me humble in a loving way. But today, I'm continuing the uh, sermon series on the core values of our church. So as Pastor Mario's mentioned, our core values are not aspirational things. They're not things that we are trying to achieve, but as the elders sat down and thought about um, actually, when they thought about you guys and they thought about what, what you as a church represented and what you lived out in your everyday life, there's core values that came out of that. So Ross shared on loving God, uh, Christopher Williams shared on community, and then I have the privilege of sharing on truth. So truth. Uh, truth was definitely a, a difficult one for me to kind of get into, but uh, like every good millennial, I did what I know what to do, and I went straight to Google. So I Googled the word truth, and you'd be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't, I found 8,041,000 results, no, 841 million results on truth. On a side note tangent, um, I said, why not just Google the word lies, see what comes up. I found 1,140,000,000 results, which I just found interesting, and I thought I'd share with you all. But the more I began to think and search, um, I saw all sorts of things, right? There was, apparently there's four types of truth. There's objective truth, normative truth, subjective, complex. I think of, uh, of scripture, or talking about the truth setting you free, and there's just so much that I was trying to wrap my head around. But then I put my millennial aside, and, and like a good, um, good obedient son, I, I went to my father and I began to, to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to you know, reveal, lead me as to where you want me to, how you want me to attack this, this idea of truth, which could be so big, and, and what do we do about that? I'm thankful for Christopher Williams, who following uh, the Lord's um, guidance and the Holy Spirit, as he began to share on community, I began to think, so what, what does truth mean in the context of community? And, and the Lord brought to, to my mind um, a prayer that I believe he put in my heart. So I've been in a, in a season now for probably two or three years where I've really tried to dive into learning and growing and, for lack of a better word, diving into truth. 
And I felt the Lord placed a prayer in my heart that said, Lord, as I learn and as I grow and, and, and as I take in all this truth, um, everything from you know, truth in scripture to truth in history, Lord, I pray that it may just give me, uh, it may increase my empathy, Father, that it may increase my ability to love people, to, to be a, a helping hand to people, right, Lord, that, that in my quest for knowledge and truth, that it may not turn into a weapon of, of destruction or division. And as the Lord brought that back to my memory, uh, it took me to Ephesians 4, and Ephesians 4 is where we're gonna be here for a little bit, but before we go to Ephesians 4, it's fine if it's up on the screen, I do wanna add some, some context. That's the, um, the history teacher in me, and I feel like Camden right now probably wants like outline notes. Sorry, Camden. Camden, Camden was my student this past um, year, so she's heard me talk a lot. So in this context, we have Paul writing a, church, writing a letter to the church in Ephesus. He's actually writing it from a Roman prison. All right, so he's, he's in prison, he's writing this letter. And for all we know, uh, Ephesus is, the church in Ephesus is doing well. Right? Uh, you know there's other letters Right, so I looked here in Galatians and Colossians, he's writing letters, kind of warning them about false and destructive teachings. In 1 Corinthians, he's talking to them about um, sexual immorality. In 2 Corinthians, he's talking to them about turmoil and rebellion. So Ephesus is a little unique, right, that everything seems to be, or everything is going well. And it kind of reminds me in a sense of mosaic. And I think for me, uh, this is why maybe it spoke to me that much more, right? Because I think if we were to poll the church, we're doing good, you know, we're, we're hurting because the Lovitz are leaving, um, but we're, we're blessed because they're gonna do uh, the Lord's work in, in Seattle. But right, for the most part, we love each other, we're seeking God, we're doing well. So this really kind of uh, stood out to me. We also know that Paul is writing this letter from prison after spending about three years with the people in Ephesus, right? And if we know anything about Paul, right, Paul's in the business of making disciples. We talk about that, you know, Mario says that. And he's in the business of making disciples Jesus' way, right? He's, he's living with them. He's saying, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, let's eat together. Let's go out and, and, and share the good news of the gospel together. So there's this, there's this crucial element of community and relationship that has already taken place for years now before he's even penned this letter from a Roman prison. Think of, of Christopher Williams talking about that radical hospitality, right, where he was, he was all in with the people in Ephesus and the church in Ephesus. And that's, that's important for us to remember that relationship that was established. So keeping that in mind, uh, let's dive into Ephesians 4. I'm reading out of the ESV, and it starts with, the, you know, the little subheading says, unity in the body of Christ, and I love that. You know, we talk about believing in the unity of the body of Christ in the Apostles' Creed. Uh, we go over so much truth in the Apostles' Creed, right? Thank you for the worship team, um, for Bryce and for all of you. Uh, you. You take time to think about the truth that is in those songs so that it could not just um, praise the Lord and honor the Lord, right, but it's edifying um, to, the, to the church as a whole. So thank you for that. That really, the tr truth has been a lot on my mind, obviously. So I'm gonna start reading in Ephesians 4, 
1 through 16. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And I want to stop with verse 1 because this really sets the stage for everything else that, that comes in this, in this chapter, chapter 4. Uh, I, I, I kind of chuckle and I love that he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord. All right, so Paul, in, in, I, I'm sure coming from a very, very humble place, but he's letting you know who he is, right? He's letting you know, you know me, and I know you guys are chasing after the Lord, but what I'm about to tell you, keep in mind that this is coming from someone who is in prison because I've, I've completely sold my life for Jesus. We talked about never being the same. Uh, his life was never the same when, when after he had an encounter um, with the one true God. So I, I think of, uh, um, not to pick on Royce today, right? But Royce was, was on the voice and thankfully I didn't get to his head, still nice and humble. Right? But I could imagine, right, he ended up on, on, on Team Gwen, right? So if you know Gwen Stefani, she's accomplished so much. So when she gives him advice, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm, this advice is coming from Gwen Stefani. I've won these many awards and I've sold out these many concerts and, and I've done all these things. So I'm sure you were just kind of taking it all in because who better than someone that's been there and been successful? So he's saying, you guys are living for the Lord and that's awesome, but heed these words because this is coming from someone who's, who's ready to give it all, right? Give it all for, um, for, our, for our risen Savior. So he continues and he says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one spirit. So he's just laying on some truth here. And if you go to Ephesians 3, he's talking about salvation by grace. So lots and lots of truth. He's just laying it on thick here. Just as you were called to the, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. I'm going to, you know, I'm just gonna keep reading, why not? In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. And this is where I really want to focus on verses 15 through 16. It says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
So I read a lot, and I appreciate your patience with me, but I do want to just read 15 and 16 one more time. It says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And I felt like this, this was speaking to that prayer that the Lord placed in my heart. Like as I'm gaining this truth and this knowledge, Lord, help me to speak it in love. So I think when we, uh, when we look at verses one, right, that talked about, I should just lay this out here like this. It says, therefore, I may urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So he's saying, right, we have a responsibility. And he starts listing all the things that we're responsible for. On this next slide, it says, we have a responsibility to speak the truth in love. We have a responsibility to speak the truth in love, right? Because with, with so much truth that is out there, with, with so much pride that is in my own heart and selfishness, right? That doesn't change the fact that I have a responsibility to speak the truth in love. On this next slide, it says, when we do this, right, two things happen when we look at verses 15 and 16. When we speak the truth in love, we see that two major things happen. One, the body of Christ grows. When we speak the truth in love, the body of Christ grows. And we're not just talking about uh, Mosaic Church. Right? We say this all the time, we love Mosaic Church, but it's not about us. Right? That's why uh, Pastor Mario leads the way in praying for other churches in, in town, praying for the persecuted church around the world. Right? We're talking about when we speak the truth in love, the body of Christ, right? the holy borderless church that we talk about in the Apostles' Creed, it grows. When I speak the truth in love with you all, we begin to edify and grow in Christ and grow in our maturity as believers. When I speak the truth in love with my coworkers and people outside this, these, these walls, the body of Christ grows. It's just, you know, think of Acts 2 when they talk about, you know, as they shared everything and as they focused on the teachings of the apostles, right, and many numbers were added to them, right, the body of Christ grew. And I think speaking the truth in Christ is very important. Speaking the truth in love. And number two says, we live according to our calling, right? Because in that first verse, he, he, he lets us know right from the jump. He says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So we have a responsibility. It is part of our calling as, as believers and disciples of Jesus to speak the truth in love so we can be worthy of that calling. So some two pretty big points that kind of just got to me there. And I start to ask myself a question, right? Am I speaking the truth in love? Right? Am I going out within my house? Am I going out within the church that the Lord's blessed me to be a part of? Am I going out within my family, within my church? Am I speaking the truth in love? Because I firmly believe that when we speak the truth in love, 
right? The truth now becomes a tool, and this tool is going to bring healing. It's going to bring redemption. It's going to build others up, right? Ultimately, it's going to that, that, that reunification with our Heavenly Father, right? When we're called to go and make disciples and share the gospel, right? We're, sa- we're sharing the truth in love ultimately for the purpose, right, of that redemption between our heavenly father and his creation. So what does this look like? So I started thinking to myself, right, am I speaking the truth in love? I had to take a deep dive there. And then I had to maybe come up with examples of what does that look like? Uh, I think of, of my father-in-law. I think of my father-in-law who uh, stands before us and consistently speaks the truth in love for the purpose of glorifying the Lord and, and encouraging in our walk. I've had a couple of times where he's had to kind of put a shoulder, uh, an arm around my shoulder and be like, hey, um, that was kind of prideful the way you said that. You know, you shouldn't have done that. Or, hey, be mindful of how you're treating this person or, or what you're doing here. Um, and I firmly believe that he, if he had not spoken that truth in love, I'd, I don't know if I would be here, right? I don't know if we would have the relationship that we have. I think of, um, I had a coworker, his name, I not had, I have a coworker who also pulled me aside and was like, man, you were, I love you, brother, but you, you were just not, you were not a good example today of the joy of Christ in your life. And for him to be willing to do that, to, to step into that space for the purpose of building me up and saying it in love. I was really struck during worship um, by, and, and the Lord kind of put the Galibra suches and, and the Griffins um, in my heart during worship. And I was really struck because you've placed yourself in, in a position where you are telling image bearers of Christ, you're telling children of our heavenly father that even though they might not feel loved or they might not feel worthy, you're sharing the truth of Jesus with them. And in your actions and in your words, you're sharing the truth that you are worthy. You are worthy of my time. You are worthy of my heart. You are worthy of my finances, of all the stress. And I was just so overcome by that. And I just want to say thank you because in your sacrifice and in your truth, I had a really cool revelation of God's love for me. And I want to thank you for that because I can imagine how difficult it's been, um, but know that you, you are doing a, a, a mighty healing, redeeming work for the Lord. So I begin to look at scripture Right, um, Christopher, uh, brother Christopher, share on the Good Samaritan, and and the lawyers asking the Lord, well, who's my neighbor? And I feel like this is the time where if you're watching this, right, and if you're a follower of Christ, you're probably like, oh man, Jesus, let him have it. Tell him that he's not a good neighbor, that he's failed, right, that he needs to do better. But Jesus instead does what Jesus does best, and he shares the truth and love in the form of a parable, right. And in doing so, the young man, the lawyer, he kind of comes to his own realization of who the neighbor is. And I firmly believe that he probably went home that night and thought on that parable and maybe began to put himself in the story, 
where if Jesus in that moment began to rebuke him and say, no, you're not a good neighbor and you've been awful, right? I know the first thing that I would do is probably be very defensive and leave and probably not allow those words to fall on good, good healthy soil, but instead fall on, on rocky soil. I think of, I think of Paul who, who's written letters, right, that he's going to rebuke churches, he's going to encourage churches, but he took the time to invest in them first, to build that community. He starts the, the, the letters by encouraging and greeting them and thanking the Lord for the church, no matter if it's in the middle of, you know, falling to false teachings or immorality, he still thanks the Lord for the church and for what they're, what they're doing, and then we look at the other side of that, right? So if we're not speaking the truth in love, then on this next slide it talks about when we don't speak the truth in love, it immediately becomes a weapon of division and destruction. There's a lot of truth out there, right? And if you wanna dive into the truth of, of scripture and you wanna dive into the truth of, of history and, and we, we know what it's like, right? If we are not good stewards of that truth, and if we're not asking the Lord to help us share that truth in love, then I can assure you that it's going to lead to division and destruction within our homes, within our churches, within the body of Christ as a whole, within our jobs. So I had a kind of like, so how do I know if I'm using the truth as a weapon? I think a couple things. If I'm trying to win an argument or be right, I'm probably using the truth as a weapon. And I'll be honest with you, I've got, I've got some truth in my back pocket right now that I'm ready. If there's certain topics that come up, I got facts, I've looked at data, and I'm ready to just let you know what I know and that you are wrong. All right, and we do that. All right, you can, we can sit in these pews and, we, and there could be someone sharing truth from the altar and we can, we can be there and we can just be the oh man, I know who I'm gonna use this for. All right, Pastor Mario can share truth, but yet we can use that truth in a destructive and divisive way. And I know that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, very guilty of that. I'm sure Maylisa will attest to it. She gave me one of these. I know I'm using the truth as a weapon if in the process I'm putting others down. I know I'm using the truth as a weapon if I'm trying to gain status, if I'm trying to gain influence or power. And that took me to Matthew 23, and I'm gonna read quickly. And it says, then Jesus said to, uh, said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So he's talking about scribes and Pharisees, probably the most well-versed in scripture, in the truth of the Torah. If anyone knows the truth, backwards and forwards, they can use it however they want. It's the, the Pharisees and the scribes. It says, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on other people's shoulders, right? When I talk about putting others down, this is what the Pharisees were doing. They were using the truth to place heavy burdens on the people. They do all their deeds. I skipped something, wait. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their 
phylacteries, I looked it up and everything, still messed it up, broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feast and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called a rabbi. We're talking about using the truth to gain status and putting others down, right, to win an argument. This is the... Jesus is rebuking that right there. He's saying, listen to what they're saying, but don't follow their example. They're not speaking the truth in love. They're using it for all these other reasons, right? To win arguments, to put others down, to elevate themselves. And a lot of times I fall into that category, right? I'm having, we'll just call it a disagreement. Sometimes I just want to, I want to speak truth in a way that's gonna make me right. You know, I think about when I mentioned earlier my, my father-in-law kind of putting his arm over my shoulder and sharing some heavy truth. If you read later on in Ephesians, he says, now go and speak the truth and love to your neighbors. Now, naturally, what's going to happen is, right, we're neighbors. So if we have that command, I start speaking truth to you, eventually you're going to start speaking truth to me. So we had this responsibility to not just speak the truth in love, but listen to the truth in love as well. We had this responsibility to take that in. We, we, were, we were having, maybe we were having a disagreement on, um, on Wednesday, right? And a part of that disagreement, I had wronged her and, I, and, and um, she was trying to get me to see that. But in the process of getting me to see that, I immediately began to, to flip the script, right? I'm sure somebody's got it, know what I'm talking about. Um, and, she, and in that moment, she said, she says, you're doing it again. Right? You're making it about you. You're not listening to what I'm saying and you're playing the victim card to get out of this. So I had, I, I, this is Wednesday, so I'm prepping for this. So I had an opportunity right then and there to live what I'm about to share. And that was hard truth to take. And we kind of talked about it after. I made a joke on Wednesday. She's my, my, my wife and my personal therapist. We talk about everything. Well, why, do you, what, why do you think you feel that way? So we were talking and, and it's like this self-preservation, right, where I don't want to admit the truth that that's what I'm doing because I feel that then that's going to give her the ammunition or the weapon to be like, ah, you see? And maybe a week later, remember, you, you, you admitted this is what you do. So, but in that moment when, when the Lord reminded me of what I was preaching and I said, Maylise, I'm so sorry. You are so right. I'm so sorry that I'm, I'm making this about me. I don't know why. I'm just not hearing you out. And, and please forgive me. And I'm going to try and do better. I thought that was just going to lead to burdens placed on me. I thought that was going to lead to maybe her, you know, we talk about walking all smudge. It's an office joke. I thought it would lead to that. But instead, there was this beautiful freedom that came and this beautiful peace from her speaking the truth in love, me listening to the truth in love, and then it ultimately led to Jesus. We had a moment where we were able to pray for each other, pray for that moment, and I was so grateful for that because, like I said, he goes and says, speak truth to your neighbors, and the next verse says, when you get angry, don't let the sun set on your anger. I think that's purposeful, right, because sometimes that truth, it might make us angry, but we have to be willing to listen to that truth in love. So now as I wrap up, and hopefully I do a true wrapping up, not the this is 10 minutes before I start wrapping up. 
says, uh, final question says, how do we speak the truth in love? There's three points. I love points. I love three points. Two makes me feel like I didn't do enough. Right, four, like, all right, dude, chill out. But I like three. And this is, uh, in the education biz, is what we call scaffolding. Okay, so uh, I wanna just go back, right? Because we look at the first two points. We've been talking about those two points. Ross and Christopher did a great job. Listen to the podcast, find us on YouTube. I recommend the podcast, because if you think Bryce has a good singing voice, you should hear his podcast intro voice. <laughs> they listen to Mosaic Podcast. It is great. Right, but we have, how do we speak the truth in love? And I feel like this is where we start. We've been building up to this. So I'm so thankful for my brothers in Christ, Ross and Christopher. The first thing we have to do is we have to love God. And if you remember what Ross said, right, he says we need to, he's talking about pursuing God. He made a bold statement, and it's a very true statement. If we don't understand our God's love for us, then we cannot love others. If we don't understand our God's love for us, we can't not love others, at least not unconditionally. We'll love them very conditionally. I'll love you as long as it's on my terms, as long as you come over my house when I say it's okay, as long as my house is clean. I'll love you as long as you serve me. We'll make it a very, very conditional love if we do not understand God's love for us. Because it changes everything, right? Because then we don't see people we see image bearers, like, like Mario. We see people stamped with, with the, the, the stamp of Christ. Totally different. So we start there. If we want to speak the truth in love, we have to love God. Let's pursue God. Let's pursue his love. And let's begin to understand his love for us. Number two says we have to love people. Right, we can't have two without one. We have to love image bearers of Christ. I don't even want to use the word people anymore. We have to love image bearers of Christ. That needs to be rooted in our hearts that the people that are not in this church, the people that are in this church, the people that annoy us, people that think differently than us, there's one truth that surpasses all of that, that they are image bearers of Christ. So Christopher mentioned that radical hospitality Do we understand God's love for us enough that we're willing to give it all, right? Are we willing, like I was talking about with the Griffins and the Gleber such as, to change our lives for the purpose of loving others? Are we willing to be very, very, very uncomfortable for the purpose of loving others? Are we willing to give of our time, of our finances for the purpose of loving others? Let's be radical in our hospitality because Paul did it, right? Paul spent three years in the church in Ephesus with radical hospitality, probably giving the shirt off his back, taking food off his plate for others. And he set the stage so when the time came when he was in prison, he could share the truth in love and that it would be received. And the point number three says, we have to love truth. We have to love truth. I don't care how painful it is, how scary it is, how uncomfortable it is. We have to love truth. We have to pursue truth. We believe in the the, uh, infallible Holy Spirit-inspired word of God. 
and there's some things in there that might be scary, but let's, we have to pursue that truth in scripture. I think uh, John 14, six, he says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And it's just something that was so simple, but sometimes the most simple things are the most impactful things. And this, was, this really just um, encouraged me so much. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. The weason, the weason, oh, I was doing so good. Suffering thuckatash. Michael's already got like 15 jokes on weason. All right, the reason, the reason why we can pursue truth is because Jesus is the truth. So I am free to pursue any truth, no matter how scary it might be, knowing that that truth is gonna lead me to Jesus. That's a totally different thing, right? I can pursue the truth of what Maylee shared in my life about, you know, putting, wanting to, to blame shift, and I can pursue the truth of, of my family history. I can pursue the truth of my country's history. I can pursue the truth in Scripture, knowing that at the end of it all, Jesus is truth, and in pursuing that truth, I will find him. That is so freeing. I can confess truth, right? In James, when it talks about confess one another for healing, I can confess truth knowing that in that confession, it's Jesus is the truth. It's going to lead me to Jesus. So that's a challenge for us, right? Let's pursue truth expecting to find Jesus. And it's not just about let's pursue truth so that we can tell others like, hey man, this is what you're doing wrong. But we're pursuing the truth in scripture so we can share that. So in the moments of the valleys, we can share the truth of our heavenly father. I'm very thankful for, for Jeremy Sundin, um, as I'm sure many of you are. Right? But talk about somebody who is sharing truth in love. Where I, I will, I, I've lost count of the times that I've woken up in the morning to a text with just scripture and truth, and it's not about telling me what I need to change. It's not about, you know, showing me how smart he is. It's about glorifying our Father by sharing the truth and love. It's about building me up and building each other up by sharing the truth and love. So I don't want us to leave here and be like, all right, who am I gonna share some truth with? All right, what am I gonna tell you about what you're doing wrong? Because that goes back to being like the Pharisees, right? We're not sharing the truth and love in that, in that moment. So as I wrap up, I'm gonna encourage us to live according to our calling, knowing that when we speak the truth in love, the body of Christ grows, right? When we speak the truth in love, we're fulfilling the great commission. And remember those three things, right? How do we speak the truth in love? We love God, we pursue God, we love people, we love image bearers and we pursue them and we love truth, knowing that when we pursue truth, because Jesus is the truth, eventually it's gonna lead us to him. And I will say this, when we're talking about truth, there's a lot of things about like um, my truth, okay, so this is my truth and this and that. Uh, I know a lot of times that might, when we hear my truth, we just wanna, we wanna close that door. I, th I, I think we would be missing the point if we did that, because there is some truth in my truth, right? I experience things differently than you experience it, and that makes it true to me. 
There's people in my job who had an awful time during the pandemic teaching. I did not. It worked out pretty well for me. But that doesn't mean that their, the experience of their truth is, is, is any less true than mine. They truly had a really bad experience this year. So instead of maybe closing a door when we hear someone say, well, that's my truth, let's lean into that, knowing that when we, le- when we lean into that and we listen to the Holy Spirit, that all truth is eventually going to lead to Jesus. So love God, love people, and love truth. Thank you. pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message that came forth. Lord, I pray that not only would we all applaud it, but Lord, that we would apply it. And Lord, that we would walk out of here changed by your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to walk here, out of here with humility. Lord, I say thank you. And Lord, as we speak the truth, not only to ourselves, Uh, and to others, Lord, uh, as we hear the Holy Spirit directing us. Lord, as Eric said, let us do it in a way that will bring people to Christ, not uh, repel them from Christ. We love you, Father, and be with us. We love you, and thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 May the Lord be with you. He is risen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.